0: Hey, I am super excited! Today is my first ever interview, and uh, I think it went really, really well. And I really am looking forward to sharing that with you. Uh, quickly, I wanted to apologize for the fact that I didn't put out a podcast yesterday. I know I said I was going to do this daily, and I had it recorded, but um, I didn't post it. So I I messed up. But um, like I said, super excited today. Uh, I get to I got to interview Mark. Both say, I really hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry, I forgot to ask you how to say it. Um, but super cool guy, very very knowledgeable. Um, we started out by talking a little bit about what he did before cocktails, and he used to sell cell phones.
1: It was called it's called Glentel. That's the name of the company now. They used to be basically, basically just phone brokers for. Um, basically these, these guys so these guys were like okay we have a ton of phones for example let's say a new iPhone comes out you know what we'll send a bunch of money and marketing money to Glentel to sell even more of our products wow. and so now we used to compete within Bell or Rogers sometime and then some, And that's one thing they didn't allow us to do but a lot of people were doing it is that they, we had customers coming in didn't like Rogers, they wanted to upgrade, they wanted to switch over, or it was time to upgrade, but most of the time, we get get better promotions, and people got better Mm -hmm. um, uh, kickbacks, let's say, from switching and activating phones instead of upgrading. So, you're not getting a better incentive from upgrading within the company, Mm -hmm. so most of the time, we're like, you know what, Bell's going to like you better, he's going to give you 150 bucks to spend today, blah, 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 and... Same plan, new phone, and the thing is, you'll get uh, more today. And so now you have people just switching to Rogers and Bell constantly. Uh, yeah, we were jumping working.
0: back and forth, this, that, this, that. Yeah.
1: Huh. But it, it, that's, what's, that's what was interesting is that um, we, um, we um, most of the time, you had people just walk by with like a bag of Telus, like, hey, we'll just get there. Oh, uh, this iPhone. Yeah, we, oh, well, you know what? I can get you this iPhone plus 100 bucks. Just return it right now. Can I do that? I'm like, yeah, man. You got 10 days. Just do it right now. And I'll give you like 100 bucks right now and store it. And so I used to like flip people. <laughs> I used to be hated in the mall.
0: Where were they coming from? Like the Bell store or the Tele Store or
1: telestore, whatever? If you, I saw them with a bag. I just used to ask them what they bought, what they're doing, and just like flip them. You know, it's called you got to flip. You got to just try to make as much money as possible. Plus, you're making commission at the yeah. end of the month, right? Like, you had to pay the bills, right? So yeah. it, it was pretty good money, too. Too. It was uh, it was good times. It was good money, eh? Yeah.
0: And it was working in and sorry, your name is Mark. 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 Yeah. And Mark, you were working in one of the uh, little kiosks in the center of the mall.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it, some some of them were in the center. Some of them are still inside of like kind of a, a like a store itself. They had their right? own store. Yeah, yeah. Like while wave are known to have this like cobra half car like sitting in the middle of the store True, right, right, um right. That, that was kind of annoying especially like the kids were just like coming in and like trying to drive the car and <laughs> like, the parent, parents, parents but it was a used selling point because people would, would pull out the, their phone and take a picture mm-hmm. and that was boom a, a reason for you to start talking about their phone and where they're at during the plan and then after that oh well hey do you have a second let me just check your account and then see, boom, see if they're uh, eligible for early upgrade, how much is it, uh-huh. if we can cover it. If, and then that's another thing. At Glenta. we were able to give uh, prepaid uh, Visa or MasterCards. And right, so we'll say, hey, here you go, 50 bucks your your early upgrade is paid off. Here's a prepaid Visa what? card. And plus another like 100 bucks to like uh, spend in store, right? And so get
0: accessories and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. But you were saying that people usually chose not to get accessories for their iPhones because they wanted to show them off. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, not only that, or they'll say well, like, well, why can't you give me like 150 bucks in prepaid Visa card instead? Yeah. Right? And so then you're like, well, we can't really do that. But did we do that? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. You know? Like for sure. Like no to, to get the sale, man, like it's, At the time, like, a lot lot of the time, like, we were, um, (laughs) uh, there was a moment, a month after I I started working there, there was a a month, they said it it was a no... Uh, no clawbacks, and clawbacks are basically uh, a certain amount of um, fraud activation that might have happened, and that you won't get commission for it. So there was a month after I got um, hired that there was a no clawback month, and it was like it's a it was a rave. So all the people in uh, Ottawa, for example, uh, um, all of a sudden had two oh four numbers, and two oh four numbers are actually Manitoba numbers. What? And so those numbers you had to, you had a plan. that was a if I'm not mistaken, $75, and you had about uh, six to seven gigs of data. And at the time, it was like an abs- like absolutely insane price. Um, and so but we used to tell people just so you know if mom and dad is calling you from the home line it's going to be a long distance call for them and then they're like oh, okay that's fine but the phone number in itself if I call a, a 204 right now because it's Canada White calling now most plans uh, will have Canada White calling so mostly all the plans do now yeah exactly so now it wasn't a big issue and but now it's completely illegal if you don't live there you shouldn't have that plan And but at the time it wasn't fraudulent. Everyone got just a bunch of commission from it. It was like the Wild Wild West, eh? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Well, especially, like, uh, drinking in the back room, you know, like, we, <laughs> we, we did that. Yeah, it, it was fun times. It was, uh, like, it felt like Wolf on Wall Street sometimes, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. just, like, just partying and just having music blasted and just, like, just selling, having lines of people just coming to see us, drug dealers especially, but...
0: Uh, yeah, you were describing that they could come in and get uh which company did they go with?
1: Chatter. Well, Chatter. chatter. Yeah, because it's 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 prepaid, right? So uh Ah, that's the trick. Yeah, that, well, yeah. the trick is is that the, the line will be shut off in a month anyway. So you need to actually add money to the the account, the account and then they'll take it off automatically. It's not like a contract that you're stuck with, right? So it's it doesn't matter if there's a name attached to the account because it, the account might just die off in a month, anyways.
0: Yeah, if you choose not to put money back onto it, and then they can just switch to another phone number. That's right, exactly. That's <laughs> if they're it. smart.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. Most of the time they're not, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Not or they'll have like three lines ready up as soon as like the month ends, right? So, ugh,
0: anyways, it was good times. Yeah, good times, but now um you're into the bar scene.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: I, that you said that's what you're, like, super interested in.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, even, um, even before I started uh, selling cell phones and working yeah. at GNC, I've always been interested into the bar scene in terms of, like, I'm a cocktail enthusiast, but I'm also... Um, I, 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 like, I like the the showmanship, the yeah. professionalism. If you look at like cocktail competitions, those are like my favorite things to do like i 've mm-hmm. been through seven different uh, type of like cocktail competition from Caesar to black box to um, just even the May with love competition that just uh, came up well I tried that last year it was fun, and th- the thing is it brings like the community together and yeah. that 's what i 'm uh, really happy about you know like just having just a, a crew of people bunch of uh hooligans together Seriously. and just having a good time right so it's fun
0: so that's what kind of um attracted to you originally was the whole showmanship and how exciting the scene was and everything like that or yeah
1: and uh, it's also like uh well the social aspect is one thing like i'm not mm-hmm. saying that i'm anti-social i just like it, it's fun to have just um uh, it, it it's such a, uh, an interesting industry that you know like you'll have uh so many styles of bartenders from um, people that are just like very craftsmanships. they're very shy but they're very creative and then you have the other ones they're like the rock stars everyone wants to go have a drink from this guy and this and that but it's it's just fun to see that type of dynamic because it's just like a blend of different styles of bartenders and most of the time at the end we're all here to like Give great hospitality, you know, be creative and uh, have fun, right? Like, yeah. you know, if if we're not into have fun at the end of the day, like... Like, it, it, because it, it, it is a hard job. Like, if you, you know, doing, like, 10-hour shifts on your feet, like, you're mm-hmm. you're exhausted. By-
0: you're in front of people. I mean, you're spilling alcohol everywhere. <laughs> There's glass breaking. It could be dangerous. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, it's keeping your cool, too. Like, I've had yeah. sometimes, like, shaking a cocktail in the air, and it broke open and poured all over me. <sighs> and, like, but you, you got to keep your cool. So, oh. you just, like... Reset, get those tins out, restart the cocktail, and just like act like there's nothing that happened. Same thing as like a hockey player that falls on the ground uh, on the ice, just get back up. up.
0: Yeah, there's a really great quote. I actually came with a pair of pants that I bought. Uh, Have you ever heard of Lucky Brand jeans? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) do you know lucky brand jeans
1: uh i never heard of uh, a pair of pants i could buy with a quote on it well it it was so
0: weird they came like in the little change pocket inside the pocket okay and it was like a oh that's not good oh man
1: (laughs) well at least it's not like a well it is a is that the new blue screen is that that's
0: a a blue screen right there that is not a good sign my computer (laughs) just showed a blue screen oh boy well this should be this should be good anyway um uh, there was like a little fortune that came in the pants, like a, like a little fortune cookie thing. Okay. <laughs> and it said uh, it had lucky numbers, but then it also said, if you stumble, make it a part of the dance, okay. <laughs> which is so true. Right. And it's, it's really hard to keep your cool sometimes. Cause like bad things happen all the time. I just, oh man. I was, um, taking mimosas out to a table and, uh, it was this girl's birthday and I hadn't really served mimosas before. So I was carrying them on a serving tray, never carrying mimosa glasses on a serving tray. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but they're, they're top heavy, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. But no, that is also like, uh, if you don't have them in the center, like you kind of have to hold them in the middle of the tray with your, the, like your right hand and just like walk around with it because yeah. like yeah like you said top heavy it's like same thing with like martini glasses coupe glasses like it's ah. it's hard to have like a bunch of glass. like you know if you have like more than three to four that's when it gets risky because I, I'm expecting that you're going to be telling me that like you spilled uh, mimosa all over this birthday this
0: poor birthday girl. <laughs> yeah, so I get to the table and I set down the first mimosa, it goes great. I set down the second mimosa, it goes great. I'm coming around the table and I go to set down the last mimosa for this birthday girl and I lean forward just enough that it like tipped and fell all over her, it spilled all over her jacket the glass bounced off of her shoulder, bounced off of her leg and smashed on the floor. And it's just like, everyone looked and you know, that moment where the whole restaurant's staring at you and you feel like an idiot. Oh, I, anyway, needless to say, I gave her a huge discount. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, and she's like, funny, this isn't the first time this has happened to me. I'm like, what? Like you poor thing. You have the worst luck ever. Oh, I felt, awful but then you just have to pick yourself up and move on right that's
1: it yeah I'm not uh, honestly like uh, I've worked brunch maybe like a few times in my life I'm not a brunch person that's that's why I've uh Especially when it comes down to to mimosas in the morning, I find it's, uh, again, talking about quality of product like that, that's, that's not good. That's no, uh, there's no quality. <laughs> so, um,
0: what really, what what do you like about the quality of products with, uh, cocktails? Like why, wow. why is that important to you?
1: Well, the thing is that like, I'll, I'll never, like, I'll never go to a pub or a bar, mm-hmm. um, like, if I'm going to go have a cocktail somewhere, I'm going to have a cocktail somewhere that I know they're going to be, you know, making sure that every step has uh, it was paid. Like, every detail was put into making the cocktail itself. Like, I don't, there's some places they'll batch their cocktail. I said they'll do like, you know, they'll add everything together in a pitcher and just add three ounces and just dilute it and just pour it into the drink. Completely illegal in Ontario, but. Uh, Wait,
0: but what's legal about that?
1: Uh, you can't resell something that's uh, been re-bottled. So technically, you're re-bottling just huge amount of a cocktail. Like, for example, if I wanted to make like a uh, old-fashioned, bottled old-fashioned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd take my booze, I'd take my sugar, I'd take my bitters, and i put it all together in this huge pitcher, mm-hmm. and I re-bottled it. I can't resell it in my my restaurant because the LCBO did not have a say on that, and it's not tracking the, those sales. And right. even the the government is very keen on that. Ontario is not as bad. In Quebec, is uh, even doing your own infusion in Quebec is it's illegal. Wow, people cannot infuse their own products. That's why they, their sell in um, flavored liquor mm-hmm. is uh, some of the best in in, uh, in Canada for the reason being is that they can't do their own infusion, so they have to buy like. Uh, you know, raspberry flavored vodka and all those things, right? Because they can't do that themselves at their own bar. Wow, that's really surprising
0: okay so i'm a total total noob with this whole cocktail thing i don't understand any of it it just kind of baffles me um and you talked about bitters you talk about bitters a lot with cocktails is that like a super essential part of cocktails or uh
1: it's well it, it's it, it's very classical in my opinion to have have bitters because like you look at this you know the history of bitters itself it used to be uh an elixir it used to be that people were um, sold on the idea that you know oh you're constipated just have some bitters right and so you have basically just doctors and um,
0: it's a remedy right
1: yeah at the time it was a remedy but it was like a snake oil too because you know they they used to give you statements and then after prohibition hit some of the laws also for the sales of liquor well then you had to basically label things properly in terms of what is what consists of the liquid and if that's if you need to have research done prior to having a label saying like Um, You know, hangover cure. Yeah. Because you can't. You nowadays you can't really do that. But to be honest, like you look at Angostura, for example, one of the oldest uh, bitter companies in the world. Mm -hmm. Soda water, uh, a little bit of Angostura, and then uh, a little bit of uh, lime or lemon juice. That's like the best hangover hangover cure I I know.
0: (sighs) That is such a good hack. Yeah. And uh, so I used to work on a cruise ship, and uh, drinking was a big issue on that cruise (laughs) ship. Like, I did a lot of drinking. Um, But bitters was such a good cure. Yeah. And even if um, the seasickness Mm -hmm. had a little bit of seasickness, you can do a little shot of bitters. Gone just clears a rate up, settles your stomach down, or something like that. It's it's kind of a cure all, isn't it?
1: Well, it has like high uh, like high levels of uh, alcohol, and it's also like the amount of botanicals in there. There's maybe one of those botanicals that is actually helping you um, with digestion at the same time. Mm.
0: Right. So what what actually goes into it? You said it, alcohol? Uh wow,
1: well, well in, uh, alcohol. Sorry. So it's just like so, it's basically high proof alcohol. So most of the time, when you make bitters, you wouldn't want to use like a very high-proof alcohol that is tasteless or like a grain base, because you could do it with like bourbon, rye, all those nice things. But the thing is that if you wanna really focus on a specific flavor, well, the thing is, you don't want to add more flavors. So you wanna focus on the botanical. So for example, it can be from uh, orange pills or grapefruit pills. Uh, then after that, you can look at roots, barks, spices, those most of the time, and aromatic bitters, just like mm-hmm. Angostura, those are gonna be the ones that like some, uh, sometimes we'll have more of the um, uh, medical uh, usage from for them. So like in a lot of even vermouth and um, uh, ports, you'll have those type of botanicals also showing up uh, once again. Like wormwood, angelica roots. Those mm-hmm. are like again very uh, known. Uh, let's say for absinthe, for example, right? Th- those are um, warm, warm, uh, wood base. But I'll uh, also have sometimes uh, licorice from Anis. So yeah, yeah. It's but you have a lot of those botanicals that are just coming back in so many uh, different products behind the bar. So again, that's when the magic happens. Of blending all of those together so it's um, like so, gin
0: is a botanical based alcohol and you use that a lot probably in cocktails To
1: yeah it's actually my favorite my favorite uh, liquor to use gin gin is a very interesting product especially there's a huge resurgence, uh, like it's um, it's coming back in, in a trend right like the craftsmanship of making gin but now the thing is is that I feel in, in uh, Canada there's only like just a few um, distilleries that for sure I'm like keen on uh, going for in terms of hmm. the way that they produce it and also the quality of how they make it because now well we're gonna actually have a huge conversation about that for like a good half an hour because like that's it's for me a very interesting um uh, p- product to just have behind the bar and mm-hmm. there's so many different styles and the history behind it and we're talking about the medical uh, usage of uh, of botanicals mm-hmm. gin it's from jennifer right and jennifer is basically um it, it, it is a uh, it's if it's, it's so a lot of people they they um, they say that gin is from London England, but it's not actually. So they say the, the British that brought the took the idea of Jennifer, yeah, and because they had a bunch of juniper uh, bushes, bushes yeah. in in England, they just made they just made use the same technique to create Jennifer, but in their own style, and that's when uh, gin. Came about
0: Well thank God For that happening (laughs) Because gin is definitely One of my favorite alcohols Um, I made the uh, decision Last night To go a little bit uh, Higher up In the I tried Hendrick
1: Hendrix, nice.
0: Hendrix, yeah. So yeah. I got a bottle at the LCBO. It's expensive.
1: Yeah, well, because you're looking at like $52, I exactly. think. Exactly, yeah. yeah, but <laughs> it
0: is so good.
1: Yeah, yeah cucumber, rose hip. Uh, it's a multi-shot, meaning that they do a two-time distillery, and they also mm-hmm. steep some of the botanicals afterwards. So wow. it's a very cool product. What I like about it is also the bottle. You you, you never know when you finish a bottle, it's too. It's beautiful.
0: Right? <laughs> um, do you like Ungava?
1: Do you o- use that o- one? Ungava is one of my, fav- uh, my favorite gins to use in terms of... Uh, Um, how hybrid it is because you can mix it in um, sours to martinis to depending on the style that you want to go for but it's just the most versatile product that you can utilize behind the bar I feel because it one, it's I'm a I'm a bit biased because it, it is like also Canadian, so yeah. I, I want to support. Well, when that. you
0: said Canadian gins, yeah. I instantly thought of that one. Yeah. yeah, where is it? Do you know? Is it Montreal? Montreal. Cool.
1: So it's very nearby. I actually um, went to uh, check out their distillery a few years back when I was at um, the bar manager at the Red Line, uh, Corby. So Corby is um, is uh, basically a pr- it's a company that basically has a portfolio of different brands that will focus on um, trying to push the, these products into the bar. So, for you have, for example, um, uh, so Corby like has on their portfolio Kalua Jameson. You have, um, if I'm not mistaken, well, Absolute, Wow Absolute, Havana Club. So
0: they're like a marketer of different liquors.
1: Yeah. So the so same thing as Diageo, and so Diageo owns like Hendricks tangeray gordons wait they own them they well they own them in a sense that they help distribute the product so oh. so sometimes that's why you have like some gins for example in england that are not part of the portfolio because you you the only way to get it you have to go directly from the distillery because they don't want to give a portion of their shares to these huge corporation
0: basically and these huge corporations are becoming more prevalent right
1: uh, what do you mean by that, sir?
0: Like they're taking over more and more and buying up more brands. And...
1: Yeah, well, not only no, no, that is that because they're just like they're 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 bigger. They've been at it for so many years, and now even like um, looking for example, world class. World class is a world renowned competition that they take bart one bartender from every single country and people compete again. So they, all these bartenders mm-hmm. compete against each other once a year. So this year is in Scotland. Um, so right now they they're still uh, the people were they're still like uh, doing the, some of the decisions on who's going to be the Canadian bartender. I know that my bar manager actually uh, tried to compete to uh, represent Canada wow. from world class. So Where he, was the competition? Well, so he went to Toronto. He was up against, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was. Uh, uh, thir- thirteen uh, bartenders from the east of Canada, and then there's uh, another thirteen. Oh, this from, just happened
0: not too long ago, right? You know,
1: about like a week and a half
0: now. Yeah, uh, Jay, also the bar manager at Common, went down to that and competed.
1: But yeah,
0: well, that but that's made with love. No, no, no. He was he was well made with love what was going on. He was down competing in Toronto. I guess probably at the same competition. I would oh, assume.
1: Oh, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, so yeah. He didn't he didn't make it. He, so there's. Five people that got picked, and then they're picking another five in the West Coast, and then after that, they'll compete against each other, and then they'll pick one, and then uh, off they go to Scotland.
0: They represent Canada. Yeah. Holy crap. Now, is... Canada's seen doing pretty well for cocktails like, um, in general, or how do, how do you think we're faring out? You say rep- Canada's going to be represented. Would you be fairly confident in our abilities yes, or definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: of course. Wow.
0: Yeah. So our yeah. scene is emerging and continuing to grow or.
1: Yeah, of course. And, but the thing is, I'm feeling that the trends of, um, when it comes to cocktails, like more and more people are looking for non-alcoholic cocktails. And so now, really, yeah. So if you're looking at, um, have you heard of the product called Seedlip? No. No, it's actually from uh, England. They basically do a uh, steep and distillate uh, non-alcoholic base. And so you can get that at like, Whole Foods. You can get that mm-hmm. at... Uh, well, I don't know if a herb and spice on bank would have it. But anyways, they actually have uh, three different kinds of products. So they have um, their garden, their spice, and the last one... Um, totally forgetting it. it's actually their newest one and um those are actually great products we actually uh, have them at uh at laurel and a lot of people are looking into that uh having like balanced flavored drinks without getting drunk right
0: that would be a nice ex- i mean i don't get the point but that would be a nice experience <laughs> it's like when people come in and order a uh, a decaf coffee i kind of look at them i'm like why i'm like what's the point just, what, what are yeah. we trying to accomplish here
1: yeah just get like a, um like a herbal tea instead. Yeah, you know? Exactly, <laughs> but I mean, I get it. You
0: you want to experience that flavor, um, have a nice afternoon or something. Just a few. You... are those expensive products?
1: Uh, they're actually the same price as as, as a, an alcoholic drink. Uh, almost, yeah, it's Some like uh, between like thirty, <laughs> like 30, yeah. You, you, there's no way of winning at no, the end. You know? <laughs> no.
0: So you mentioned Laurel That's the place that you work at right now. Yes. Yeah. And you've been
1: there for
0: uh i've been there for
1: about four four five yeah about five months now
0: cool let's talk a little bit about the different places that you've worked at so um uh we had oh i didn't write them down
1: where have you worked okay so wow where did i work so uh in the past two and a half years i've worked at the red lion yes. in the barrel market yes afterwards i worked at the Savoie. Mm-hmm. uh that was um more of a, a beer place that has like it had 24 different styles of beers, and that's why I learned a lot about beers. That's also a very interesting, like, uh, uh
0: industry and market kind of thing.
1: Oh, for sure. Because it's, it's it's the thing is that more and more that, like, you know, like I've been working on a beer cocktail at Laurel right now, and really? it's, it's been uh, pretty interesting to mix actually like booze with uh, beer and yeah. having it to be paired and make it refreshing, new. And it, but the thing is, now you're there's so many different styles of beers that you can actually mix with different styles of liquor now. And so it's very interesting. In that yeah, sense. well,
0: we're seeing a lot of uh, microbreweries pop up all over the place, right? Yes. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're trying to to classify what a beer is right now, correct? Uh, is there a push for that in the government? or? Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I, you know what? Dude, that's a very good question in ter- because... Um, I I could I, I like I'm not I I don't know enough to be able to tell you for a fact that like yes the government is definitely trying to do that but like in terms of like what is beer like
0: yeah it's a really gray area right now right cuz there's so many different things out there
1: yeah well I, even like you look at IPAs like there is some companies that will say like oh let, I'm not okay for the record, I don't want to bash any companies. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's doing a great job. I love you guys. But those
0: ones specifically suck. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, But you look at like Alexander Keith IPA. Yeah, yeah. That is not an IPA. No, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that like it's not... There's no, there's no actual hops. Like even like when I went to Algonquin College, my teacher used to give that example specifically about... <laughs> And like, what is an IPA? Alexander Keith is not an IPA. and should not be considered an IPA. But they still market themselves as yep. an IPA. Yep. So. It's
0: surprising they can get away with that, actually.
1: Uh <laughs> I, I guess but the thing is when you have so much money backed uh, like backing you up like you can say anything and people will believe it.
0: Yeah, well these big beer brands have so much money, eh? <laughs> like it's it's insane. Yeah. The amount of marketing that they're able to do in the commercials and like you see them commercialized during the Super Bowl and everything like that. Like there's just tons of money in this industry.
1: Yeah. And but it's also like it's in a sense also it's it's people that um lack a bit of education in that sense, right? Because we're not really educating people on new products mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to beers and how it's made, right? Like, if people would know what is put into these beers, right, they would may- maybe make a better decision on in terms of uh, what type of beers and why they would want to buy those beers.
0: Interesting. So, do you know some of those things and, like, um, what's some of the different processes that go into beer and, and products? and
1: Again, uh, it's all about quality of the product that you use from start to beginning yeah. uh, depending also on where it's made the type of water okay. uh, if they're adding you um, know uh, any type of uh, artificial sweetener to mm-hmm. sweeten up the, the the beer itself if they the type of hops how fresh they are if they use like um, sometimes uh, most like I know that um, bows uh, order from a uh, from Europe, right? They they actually import their hops because like of just a high quality of product that you you couldn't make really those type of hops around these areas, especially with the weather that we have. Well, the climate that we have, we can't really reproduce some of the aromatic hops that uh, some of the let's say belge are doing because like in Belgium, you know, like if you you gotta think that like in, like. Uh, the uh, Bel- the Belge, without beer, they wouldn't be alive. They used to call it the water of life, <laughs> right? Because for the fact that the water back in the days wasn't, they couldn't even it drink it. It wasn't clean, yeah. It wasn't drink- uh, drinkable. And so they made beer out of it and they were able to survive. And so that's why now you have all these like, um, uh, um, all, like <laughs> these uh, beer fanatics are just, even like most of the uh, brewmasters Go to goes to Belgium, work at breweries, and then come back with mm-hmm. all these great ideas because like they're way ahead of the game. Like, yep. Yeah. Over there, like you go to a pub, like you're you're going to have like hundreds of different styles of beers, like like at your disposal to try out, right? So, and then a very interesting fact also is uh, that you need to. So we were talking about uh, earlier um, the smart serve right in Ontario. Well, in Bel in Belgium, you need to have a um, a uh, like a a how to pour like it's it's i think a like two or three week program of like how to pour beer what how to clean beer glass <laughs> like it's it's not like honestly if, oh, you, if, if you if you want to work in a bar in belgium you need to have that that wow.
0: certification so here in ontario our certification is the smart serve which you just talked about it's like a online course that you do that allows you to serve liquor in ontario and it's it's kind of honestly bullshit. It's really boring. And uh, the, when I took it, the thing that I took away from it was that I'm scared to serve liquor. Like, you assume <laughs> so much responsibility. Yeah. The moment that you hand a drink across the bar, it's insane. Yeah. You know, the people walk out of the bar and they trip and fall. They can sue you because yeah. you serve them alcohol. Have you
1: have you cut off someone before? No. No? No, <laughs> well, you really? see? Well, well, I should. Well, definitely. <laughs> I've, I've cut off people. Well, for two reasons. Sometimes I cut them out because I just... Like straight up didn't like them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, for example, they're uh, they're they're just like they're not you know they're not all all, all there. It's important as a bartender is to. You know if they're with friends hey like is your buddy okay oh yeah yeah just you know cut of cut him off you know like yeah. it's, it's too much he's too much yeah. okay perfect well just do that it's just it's all about communication but the thing is that like you have the right as a bartender yeah. and as a server to cut off anyone you know and so if someone gets pissed off you're doing your job in the yeah. end and the smart server in a sense helps you do that because yeah. on the quebec side there's none. There's no. There's no uh, regulation. Regulation yeah, when it yeah. comes to that. So you can you can serve someone until he passes out on the bar, wow. and then you got to kick them out.
0: Wow. Yeah. No. And it's a hard. Fine, it's like it's a fine line to walk. And the only reason I haven't cut someone off is because I haven't got. I haven't seen someone get to that point. But I'm sure you would have to make that decision at some point. Yes. But I, I feel like it would be a challenging one to make.
1: Well, the thing is, well, again, after working like years in sales, like you're not scared of asking or telling people what mm-hmm. they want to hear or they mm-hmm. don't want to hear, right? Because it's, you know, the, the truth hurts. It sure does. <laughs> right? The it truth. sure does. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, as a bartender, do you uh, sometimes get the responsibility of passing along some truths, do you think? Like, do people come to you for advice and stuff like that sometimes?
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Well, a lot. There, there's some, there, there is a few people like... I've had more instances in a pub than I had in a restaurant of mm-hmm. people just, you know, coming to the bar, having a beer and just telling me their life story. And, you know, if, <laughs> if they, you know, what what would I do? What, what What's my thoughts uh, yeah. on like, oh, hey, so what would you do in my, like, if you were in my shoes? And sometimes like, you know, telling them like they have to have a serious conversation with their spouse or a serious conversation with their family, because you yeah. know, that you know, they, they're not ha- truly happy with what they're doing and they're trying to impress or to represent their family name without really caring about what they love to do. And that's mm-hmm. like, for me, it's like it, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that because it, it's for me, I, I've, I personally went through that already. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's just like to be able to share that with someone. It's from, it, it's, it, it, it's a gift, right? So it's a gift for myself to, to have lived that already, and that. You so know, what did
0: you live like? What experience did you have that helps you to be able to?
1: Uh, wow, in terms of um, uh, that, like it, it experiences, that like you know the struggle of like not being able to. Um, to communicate my uh, my like emotions better, right? Mm-hmm. And so that you know, I've had good bad relationships in the past, uh, but the thing that that I've learned the most from all of my relationships that can be in a professional way in a personal way and a uh, emotional way is that communication will always be key. If, yeah. if you don't communicate, uh, you know, your frustrations, your, um, your ideas, anything like that. To, because the thing is that in the end you got to make yourself happy and by mm-hmm. restraining yourself from not being able to talk mm-hmm. about those things, those are, those are, can be problematic, uh, in the, you know, moving forward in yeah. your life. Right. So it's always yeah. better to just, just get it out, be respectful and just, and the thing is that we're our own worst critics. So we think yeah. that like, by being able to be open to um, expressing and communicating, uh, we're going to be hurting someone. The thing is that sometimes... It- it, it has to happen it because does. if not it's just going to be like stuck behind your back you know yeah and
0: you're going to carry it around and make yourself more miserable it's going to consume your thoughts you're not going to be able to function properly yes. do your work whatever the situation right that's so,
1: right and that's why I like being a bartender is being able to see these and also like get people's experience too right mm-hmm. like there's people like I, I personally never traveled like outside of Canada right mm-hmm. I've always just been working a lot and like am I excited to go like elsewhere in the, in the world definitely like it'll be a, very exciting to see the uh, different dynamics communities and also like just living different types of experience
0: but in the same way you can almost like live vicariously through people right like learn about their experiences and where they've been and stuff like that yeah, that's right cool yeah. so uh we had talked about where you would want to work yes. if you could leave canada well in canada you said montreal would be a dream place to work which would be amazing
1: yeah well but because it's very like i feel it's uh well, I feel at home uh, in Montreal just mm-hmm. for the fact that like I, it's a bilingual city in a sense that like you know you have a mixture of anglophones and francophones. So for me, it's I'm very versatile in that sense. But mm-hmm. it's also like the cocktail scene, like bars, cocktail bars are like great there. Like people just I I went there like two weeks ago, and it's just phenomenal place to just hang out at the Old Port of Montreal. Go to the cold mm-hmm. room, uh, the El Piquino. I met this uh, bartender Bastien. who was phenomenal just made me some of the best like rum cocktails i've had in a long time so wow. it was super super fun to and like the place just opened up like last may and they were going to be expanding a patio for 40 people and oh. like you should see the like el pequeno just means like the small yeah. right and it is a small bar like in, yeah. inside you can fit like Shoulder to shoulder, like 15 people max.
0: Fun. Yeah. That's super, nice. Yeah, super cool. Okay, question. When you go into a bar and you're going to experience a new bartender, what are some things that you think about and um, do you let them take the reins? Do you, do you direct them in the direction you want to go in? Like what's some things that you look for?
1: Well, one, one is first the bar. The bar is going to be a huge key factor of like where it's located. Yeah. Um, the, the environment. The, the environment, the yeah. uh, space, the context of uh, where the what, like what style of cocktails are going to be doing. If you're going to go to a tiki. Tiki bar, like don't expect them to like measure things like perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it, it, some sometimes bartenders won't use jiggers, they won't like measure, and it's cool. It's it's the style of bartending for me. I'm more into uh, classic styles, precision, consi- precision, yeah. consistency. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's different than uh, someone else. But when it comes to uh, a bartender, um, first of all, like like how he looks, right? The appearance is a huge key factor because mm-hmm. like if he's like. If you He looks hungover, which, like, most of the time they do, <laughs> and it's completely normal, but I feel that um, sometimes, like, you know, good posture, yeah. ready to, to serve you, ready to ask questions, ready to talk, like, those are, like, the key factors so I like to see. So how approachable they are. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, that for me, I'm, uh, that's a huge factor for me of, like, where also um, that bartender is at in terms of uh, his knowledge around cocktails, so... Mm-hmm. I. I won't go to, like, a, a bar or a restaurant that, for example, I, I, I know, like, the, it's maybe a server that's also a bartender that maybe does it, like, you know, once or twice a week. Well, I'm not going to ask them to make me a martini, for example, mm-hmm. right? But if I go to, a, like, a nice cocktail bar, like, I'm expecting if I order a martini, they'll do it properly, actually.
0: Yep. So what's some tips and tricks for people who have no experience with cocktails and ordering cocktails? um, Where would you recommend that they start when they go into uh, a bar or a cocktail
1: bar? So in terms of uh, like, wow, like ordering a cocktail for example? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you got to figure out like what you like. So Mm -hmm. uh, one key thing that uh, I would suggest is to... No, when you go see a bartender, don't don't say that you don't like like gin because you had it from your mom's or dad's you know cupboard yeah, when you, you were young. And you got super messed it,
0: up and you puked one weekend and you never had gin since.
1: Exactly, <laughs> like you got to be open minded in a sense of okay. like being able to try new things. And so when it comes yeah. to going to see a bartender and you know you go to a nice cocktail bar. A bartender's choice—it's actually a bartender's friend because, like, th- hmm. thats going to showcase his creativity and it's yep. going to help him grow as a bartender. And the thing is, now it's a mutual thing. Now, now you're—you're you're building literally a relationship with the bartender itself. Hmm. And so, uh, knowing what what styles of cocktails you like—do you like refreshing? Do you like boost forward? What? classic cocktail do you normally drink have you even had some classic cocktail and like hmm. right because you can go from, from Negroni to um, <laughs> uh, yeah right <laughs> but that's the same because but again I could I could definitely say I could probably uh, make you like for example a Beauvalier a Beauvalier is yeah. basically a Negroni but you sub out the gin and you add bourbon instead. Ooh. Ooh, exactly. So that's saying, depending on like, again, your style of cocktails that you want to go for, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so again, booze forward, citrusy, what type of liquor, um, what's the flavor that you normally go for, and like what's the style of cocktails that you normally drink?
0: So like, do you want to do sweet, do you want to do sour, stuff like that exactly. kind of thing? Exactly. Okay.
1: And then uh, dietary, uh, well, dietary restriction for sure, like in terms of like, if you're, if you're vegan, right don't have a traditional sour if you you got to make sure that the bartender knows that you can't have egg whites mm-hmm. right same thing with like nuts things like that but it, if you have a nut, nut nut allergy that that's that's when it gets a, a bit hard for a bartender because mm. now it's like you got to make sure like everything is clean yep. you know it's just, we really don't want to have cross contamination uh-huh. and so most of the time those people are going to go for a beer or a glass of wine and I completely respect that yep. because like I I don't want them to get like some allergic reaction on my bar and just starts to, you, know, like, <laughs> you just like pull work. out the EpiPen yeah like, yeah, yeah exactly no, give, not... me, give me that give me that
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so um, oh I had a
0: question and I totally just lost it, it I just blanked that's okay that's I'm so bad. sorry
1: that's all good but yeah no I it's it's knowing what like when you go to a cocktail bar, just kind of know, know like what you're getting yourself into. In my opinion, I would want to like I would do one cocktail off their signature cocktail menu, and mm-hmm. then after that, maybe do a bartender's choice to uh, basically build a rapport, see where their cocktail menu is at. If like their cocktail is too sweet, too sour, mm-hmm. not balanced, because like in a cocktail, you're looking at like almost like a unami, right? Of like mm-hmm. a pure balance. So if and you look describe at... Describe
0: what un, unami means because that's a very so interesting term.
1: bitter, sweet, savory, uh, salty, spicy. So that's like unami, but I'm meaning the term unami in cocktails as like uh, just a, a, a balance of just a certain, flavors, like, right?
0: Like gonna say quoi, like you can't really explain it right, but it just is there. Is that what it, it kind of means?
1: No, it's just, it, it, it's just a balance of everything. Everything component so so if you look at a cocktail in a signature menu every single ingredient that you see there when you're drinking that cocktail mm. you should be able to taste every single ingredients ah. right and so that's what i mean it's just like that that's perfect balance that's yeah. a that's a cocktail right if you're getting just too much booze but you're not tasting the Angostura bitters you you know like hey, uh, cut down on the booze and add an extra dash of Angostura, right yeah. it's it, but It's also knowing the difference, right? Because like when I started like making cocktails and like trying to balance flavors, like, you know, at at my work, we'll take an entire afternoon to change one cocktail, to perfect that cocktail from like a quarter ounce to a dash more, to change the bitters, to change the sweetener, change the type of syrup. Again, there's so many uh, variation of, Classic cocktails you can redo, and so that's why a lot of people when they say oh bartender like a bartender's choice and oh what's what's the name what's the name of this cocktail like mm-hmm. did, you, did you just make it well most of the time like artists will never will never re- will never create something brand new yeah it's always based from the past and then recreating like it. they're innovating a little bit yeah and especially that and that's the beauty beauty of bartending is that you have products from all over like uh, the world specifically from where the regions are. So us, for example, Ungava, well, people can't have like a, 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 a Montreal-style a Montreal sour, For uh, sorry, not Montreal, but um, a gin sour, right, with Ungava anywhere else but in Canada, right? Because like, I don't know about... I, I don't know, honestly, if it's available anywhere else. But the same thing as if you go to London, England, I'm sure there's some products there that we'll never be able to have in Canada, right? Uh-huh. So that's the, and that's the beauty of it is that you'll have different styles of cocktails all around the world, depending on the type of liquor that we, uh, we have on hand.
0: So let's get back to that. We were talking about where you want to work. and We got a little bit stuck in Montreal, but yeah. you did mention London, England as a place.
1: Yeah, definitely. That would be uh, now, why there. Wow. Well, so the uh, the cocktail scene when it comes to uh, uh, to like to bar uh, to, to London, England is that uh, in the top fifty bars in the world, ten of them are just in London, England. Wow. Right. So you have to understand that like the um the level of attention to detail is absolutely absolutely insane and it's very like um almost like military like you go to work like you're you you you're supposed to be prepared sober ready to go and I, the sober part is like the difficult part but anyways uh <laughs> 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 um but it's uh, it's just a, the, the level of professionalism is insane and if you look at um one of my the bars I would love to work at would be the uh, uh the savoy american cocktail bar and that's in the savoy uh, hotel uh, in uh, england and um, in the 1930s harry Craddock um, published a book called the savoy cocktail bar mm-hmm. and a lot of also classic cocktails is based from that and that people has been you i i have a copy at home of, of that book it's available on amazon for like if i'm mistaken like fourteen dollars and very there's some products on like on the, the, the in the cocktail book like does it doesn't even exist anymore wow you know? and that's, that's super interesting And but they're like they're all suited up in white with a black tie and they're very professional and even some of the best cocktail like bartenders that now are opening up their own bars used to be bar like head bartenders at those locations right and so it's um, uh, at that location sorry and so it's uh, very interesting but yeah, they, it, it's interesting to see the uh, because you as a bartender, you also want to um, look at what they're doing and try to recreate it to give that type of experience to your patrons, right? Mm. So you kind of want to recreate an experience that normally no one would have until they go to uh, England. But like, it's also like we try to experiment with different ratios, different products again to recreate. A, uh, similar cocktail that they might be doing or different style of cocktail that they might be doing
0: so this place is absolutely world-renowned
1: yes oh yeah definitely that like if you're if the if you're the head bartender of the savoy uh, american cocktail bar like a lot of people are like looking up to you right mm-hmm. they're gonna be like seeing like your instagram a lot like you know, you'll be but again you're the forefront almost of the cocktail scene in that sense wow so uh, being the
0: forefront of the cocktail scene or just being a part of it in general, um, what what are you trying to accomplish? Like you, you want to work, you want to maybe work at the Savoir or like wh- where are you trying to go, do you think?
1: I don't know, to be honest. Um, you know, and... Only like a, it's been a, just a, the past few months since I at Laurel because now it's been two years I wanted to work there and now I'm I'm there wow. I'm not. Man Congratulations! In. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No. So as well, like uh, thank you for having me on this podcast. By the way, like you know, like I like the the name, the process. Yeah. Because uh, I've I've been uh, on the process of it all for sure for a few years and it's it's nice to to just kind of like remerge into my past. You know, like when uh, you uh, invited me, I was like just thinking about it. I was like. Holy crap! Like, I'm, like just, just thinking of all these instances of like frustration and things like that. That I'm like, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. But now that I'm, I'm here, <laughs> at like the place I wanted to work. And I'm like. So like you said what's, yeah, like next? what's next, yeah, um, next for me, like honestly i'm doing a lot of reading i'm focusing also on uh, writing a few articles on how to uh, make proper cocktails cool. like martinis is my number one solid cocktail like i I love martinis traditional, easy to make, and it's uh, keeping the integrity and the respect of the product mm-hmm. and showcasing it properly right, and so that I'm a huge fan of that uh, uh, docile do of boost forward cocktails but um, wow the next five years I'm looking at myself working uh, probably in London England for sure but like just for a few months and then coming back uh, doing some consultments doing a uh, events competition like to be honest like i'm i'm still very young at this right i'm just uh i'm still learning uh, so much and there's so much more to learn right there's, there's so much out there um, yeah and that's the thing like for you f- even for yourself when you're saying like i'm not i'm not you know I'm an expert in when it comes to cocktails like even for me i i know a lot but i, I, I there's always some things I'll, I'll i'll grab a book i'm like huh bitters I know everything about bitters. Yeah. And I start reading it like I don't know anything. I know
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned that you really enjoy reading and like learning all the time, right?
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, like reading about cocktails. Like, you know, it's it sounds boring. It's like reading a, a, like a cookbook in a sense, but like most of the time, I'm not going to read like I'm going to read uh some of the techniques, right? Like mm-hmm. you're looking at Death & Co. Uh, Death & Co is a cocktail bar in New York City. Um, I haven't um, uh, finished that cocktail book yet, but they utilize a lot of teas and different styles of teas Ooh. and the amount of time that they infuse it and make syrups out of it and or infuse products with it and then after cool. I thought you utilize that into classic cocktails yeah right and so now that's another like spectrum of like I, I haven't looked into is the world of teas right and how to integrate that in cocktails and how to again showcase and keep the integrity of the product without compromising quality wow
0: mm-hmm. so that's a really fine line to walk eh
1: uh, yeah, because the thing is that you think that some, uh, one day you, you're like, yeah, I'm doing it right. And then some other bartender is like, no, actually, you've mm-hmm. been screwing this up for the past <laughs> few months. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's it's a learning experience. And that's the beauty of also having just like very uh, surrounded by uh, create, uh, creative people mm-hmm. in the in the scene is that like you can just ask them questions and like mm-hmm. see their stuff. But you can also like meet some people that are – uh, they'll tell you complete bogus too, yeah. right? And then you're like, gonna have to brush it off and then move forward to the next yeah, person. Yeah,
0: really decide which information is important.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's really important, I think, uh, especially when you want to progress and move forward is the people that you surround yourself with. It's, it's, it makes a big difference and it can influence your style. It can influence so much about everything, right?
1: Yeah. And you, you want to surround yourself with people that are not going to be... Uh, um, like you want to surround yourself with somebody that you that you, it, you you're both mutually growing together, yes. right? Because if you're if you're hanging out with with people that uh, again, like yeah, they like going out and that's a good part of the job, but mm-hmm. they they don't want to move in terms of the creativity and surpass maybe like a, kind of a how can I say this? Being able to uh, create a new experience to people that. Because, like, a lot of people, even in Ottawa, still don't know, like, like w- w- what consists of a cocktail, you know? yeah. yeah. So, people, like, uh, I had this couple at the bar, they're like, oh, last week I had a a traditional whiskey sour with egg white. Can you imagine <laughs> egg white <laughs> in cocktails? And I'm just like, I, I sure can, actually. Yeah, I sure well, can.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here's a list of them. That have
1: it. <laughs> well, not only that, it's to try to explain to them, like, you could actually, like, one thing that um, Jabberwocky um, uh, it's a cocktail bar that opened up uh, on top of uh, Union 613 Mm -hmm. Um, I went to they they specialize on doing like kind of also like vegan and vegetarian friendly cocktails that they use instead of egg white they use uh, uh, aquafafa and it's basically the um, water of uh, chickpea, so chickpea water, oh. and so they basically utilize that and emulsifies almost very similar to egg white without having to use egg white.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Have you been to the cocktail bar that's above uh, Pure Kitchen on Elkin Street there,
1: uh, Charlotte? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've I've went there. I think twice. I haven't. Uh, I remember that uh, at the time that I went, it was uh, the original. Um, uh, head bartender or bar manager uh, Connor that was there mm-hmm. and um, yeah it, it was good as soon as he left because he started working uh, for Innocent Gun he's representing uh, he's a, more of the brand ambassador for that uh, uh, for uh, the uh, for Ottawa yeah and so he basically goes around and um, you know s- sells Innocent Gun I'm a huge fan by the way of their Scottish Ellis absolutely delicious yeah um, they also have like a rum finish um, uh, in the St. which is, is uh, available most of the time um, uh, during the winter uh, season. But it's uh, very delicious. But anyways, yeah, Charlotte, it's pretty good. Honestly, my top favorite cocktail bars in the city right now mm-hmm. would be probably, um, I'm not going to be biased. I'm not going to say Bar Ale first. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say Riviera for sure. Like yeah. uh, Stephen Flood uh, is doing a phenomenal job um, uh, at that location, especially like I like the way he separates like um, classic to new classic. He has his own like uh, like Flood uh, cocktail menu, so it's like his own creation. And then he has like a full like gin menu, like just Whoa. an absurd amount of gins, which I like. Like you, you couldn't finish. You, can't, you couldn't try every single gin on that menu in one sitting. It would no, be an, no, absolutely. that would be the cutoff point. At yeah, some. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After number three. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like he has like a uh, like a Negroni menu. So it's like his. I think his cocktail menu, if I'm not mistaken, it's over 18 different types of cocktails. Wow. Right? And so, but again, like it. it Doing a like, phenomenal job there. And plus, they do like feature cocktails constantly. Uh, Moon Room is a very nice one, too. I really enjoy that place. Very nice. It's dim. It's a beautiful place for uh, a date. Uh, Matty, I know that um, Marty is um, he used to actually uh, be the uh, bar manager for uh, Ace Mercado. I don't know if you remember that place. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that place closed down, and then he um, uh, took over the... Uh, the position uh, at Metz, and he's doing a phenomenal jo- a job there too. Um, where else for cocktails that would be good? Well, you, the the guys at Union Six One Three Jabberwocky, those guys are doing a phenomenal work there too. Um, uh, I just again Ottawa, the Ottawa scene is is still growing, and, it, and that's the beauty of it. It's but it's it's all about i don't know it's all about the process you know yeah.
0: Yeah. and you said you said there's been a lot of tales hey, yo. you said there's been a lot of change in the past three years in the ottawa scene that you've seen eh
1: uh yeah I, well again but that's coming for, from me personally because yeah. of like you know uh integrating myself in the in the scenes mm-hmm. seeing the changes in terms of also what people are looking for because now people are looking for quality people mm-hmm. are looking to they're they're more educated in their choices. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you have yes, those type of people. They're like, oh, egg whites in cocktails. That's, <laughs> wow, uh, that's very odd. But <laughs> and, but you have some people that like they they absolutely love cocktails and they understand what a good cocktail is and they and mm-hmm. so that thing that's that's up and coming, and also like uh, you have a lot of bartenders that are just interested, passionate, and just v- driven to uh. Mm-hmm. To, to push the boundaries of uh, what we're capable of in Ottawa and plus the, the thing is that you know some people think that uh, Montreal, Toronto yes it's good they have some good cocktail place but mm-hmm. you have to understand also the, the uh, popul- uh, population density right like, yep. yeah, us, us we're, it, every area is not as dense as uh, other places in, in, uh, in the country mm-hmm. like in uh, Montreal for example like without <laughs> without all these cocktail bars on the island of Montreal like it, it wouldn't run as well right yeah.
0: Yeah, because in Ottawa we have Canada, we have the downtown core, we have Orleans, we have Westbro like, you know, there's all these different spots and no like it's not all a congregation, right? Yeah.
1: There's no like real central, but that's why like Somerset Bank, like mm-hmm. that center town, that that's that's a great area to, to walk around and like, mm-hmm. you know, bar hop and try some new places. Yeah. But um and same thing with like the and market, um I'm trying to think like uh cocktail bar that uh, I used to go to. I used to go to Steak and Sushi. Back in the day, Steak and Sushi was a good place. But I know that one spot in the barry market that I really enjoy is um, Oz Cafe. Oz Cafe, they do some Uh great cocktails there too. I really enjoy that. Uh, Actually, my my friend Julian, that used to work at Steak and Sushi on Clarence, started mm-hmm. working there, and uh, it's such a it's such a nice spot too. Again, they, if I'm not mistaken, they do a, a night that uh, they have like this live DJ with like vinyls, and he just cool. plays like just straight vinyls onto the the sound system of the the bar,
0: so it's very very nice. That's a nice atmosphere. So. Um if there was someone who was looking to get started in the cocktail scene and wanted to move in this direction, like you were at 17 years old, (laughs) what would you recommend to them? Because, um, is it, is it like an aging uh, effect where you got to be like a certain age? Is it like, what, what do you think some of the factors are that go into finding a
1: job in this? Uh, wow. Biggest factor, um, having to be able to have, uh, kind of a manager perspective on things because like most of the time especially well in my experience when it came to Ottawa I felt that uh, you'll never hire really like a 19 a year old bartender to mm-hmm. like you know take care of behind the bar because like again one he, he's going to be in charge of you know pouring booze yeah. which is one of the number one factors is, well, one of the number one things that is the most profitable in a restaurant and a bar, right? So you don't want to be wasting anything. Uh, That person is going to be also managing most of the time or even closing the bar by themselves sometimes, right? So that that happened occasionally uh, when I was at the Red Line, like I I was closing the bar by myself, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so when it comes to getting into the industry at a young age, just have your foot on like a uh, foot into a, a bar or a restaurant that they're looking for like a bar back a, serve, a serving job like the thing is that get in there
0: scrub some dishes like
1: man you got to you got to start from the beginning like yeah. my my first restaurant job I was uh, 12 13 years old I was at Mariposa farm I was you know cleaning dishes yeah. I, that's literally what I was doing so it's you got to start somewhere and so if you expect that you're going to be uh, you know a bartender all of a sudden no it, no. it doesn't work that way and plus uh Like, for for myself, I went to an academy in bartending. Back in the days, it was Bar Pro Academy on Bank Street, right across from the Royal Oak. And then after that, I went to Algonquin College in bartending. So, I always put myself in those situation of, like, knowledge is power, Yeah. right? But the thing is, is I I also self-taught myself a lot of techniques Mm -hmm. and also years of experience of talking to people. Um, get your networking going, but again, start start somewhere. Start working at a place that you really, really want to work at too. Right? Like you don't want to be working at a, a Chinese buffet and expect to be like a, a world class <laughs> bartender, right? Like you, get, you, get, you get, No, but you know what I mean. You gotta you gotta start somewhere. Like my first restaurant job was at a Boston Pizza, and I remember my first shift. Nice. Um, Behind the bar because they, they didn't want me as a bartender. I was very young. I was 18 at the time, and and the, it, I
0: don't even it, think that's legal.
1: It is legal. I yeah, thought yeah. you had
0: to be ninth. I thought you had to be of age to be a bartender.
1: So, uh, no, well, no, no, because te- no, technically speaking. So, yeah, so. You're, to, to, yes, and uh, I, I can't go into detail also my, uh, my experience with Boston Pizza, but anyways <laughs> so you can be a server at 18 years old and okay. serve alcohol right because okay. your smart serve you, can, you have to be 18. Oh
0: okay, that is yeah.
1: on my birthday on like my 18th birthday literally I sat down in front of my computer at home and I did my smart serve like <laughs> happy birthday to me yeah yeah, exactly yeah. so literally three hours of just grinding that smart serve and yeah. then I was so excited to because yeah I just had that, that in mind, I just wanted to bar. And so you know, I was going to the academy at that time too. I was 18. I remember my mom signing a piece of paper allowing me to drink aqua at this class, and, <laughs> right? Like, and I was 18 years old. It was uh, now it's shut down for some odd reason, probably because they got caught by <laughs> yeah. serving me, liquor serving to minors. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, Boston Pizza was uh, interesting, and I remember my first shift. I like, just broke like tons of glass. I felt so bad, <laughs> and then come to realize I'm like. This is not the first time I'm going to break glass behind a bar. No. No. <laughs> no, definitely not the last. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, yeah. But uh, no, for anyone that's interested into uh, getting involved into the scene, to start somewhere, going to those type of events from cocktail competition to uh, mm-hmm. seminars to even if, um, if there's any uh, liquor tasting. For example, uh, last year, I know that uh, Mike Campbell that works now at uh, Surly um, had the Kingslock uh, Distillery, which is a uh, local distillery near Kingston um, that... Um, uh they they came they they showed up and they we just tried a bunch of different styles of booze and then we kind of like chatted with, within each other we we were actually like five or six bartenders but sometimes they're, they're just brand new people that are just servers and the, the thing is that it's getting yourself involved yeah getting yourself uh, out there yep. but it's You got to start somewhere, you know, even if it's just scrubbing some plates and things like that. But it's also you got to be realistic on terms of your goals. Like if you want to be like a world class bartender and things like that, like then when you're looking at international competition now, it's yes, technique is one thing. But communication is another thing because mm-hmm. you got to be a good storyteller. Yeah. You got to be representing the brand. You got to be clean. You got to be shaving. You got to you you got to look good because mm-hmm. you're going to be at some point representing Canada, for example. Nice. Right. So it's, it's no. It sounds like a very tight knit community too. Yes, but yeah, yes and no. Like it's especially in Ottawa, it's tight. I don't know about anywhere else because, like, again, I'm fairly new, but I'm sure by the time, like, if I do uh, competition in a national uh, level. I'll get to know, like, bartenders from all around the world. Mm-hmm. I know that Halifax are very, very tight. If you, like, oh. I, that, I have a friend that uh, used to be uh, managing the, um, uh, the bar program at Carbon. On Wellington okay and uh, now he's in Halifax he's bar managing there and now he, he's telling me that like the community there is just so tight everyone uh, it's super fun yeah. everyone's like just knows each other you know everyone goes to each other's bar after work and stuff like that so it's it's, like- it's just like it's a very, very very uh great community to be in but it's not for everyone either right nope. like we were talking about like um you know going to bed very late like it's it's completely normal to do like a 10 hour shift yeah. right? or 11 hour shift on your feet constantly with no breaks. You don't have time to eat, maybe munch on a few snacks and that's yeah. about it. Right. But, um, yeah.
0: Drink some egg whites. A
1: hundred percent. Oh, and, uh, yeah, it's, but you get, you got to start somewhere. Yep. That's so, that's the trick.
0: That's the process. That's the process. Well, um, I think that's all the questions that I have for... Is there anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about? Or is something that really...
1: No, man. like Thank you again for inviting me. Like This this was awesome, man. This I, was so much fun. Yeah, and
0: I wanted to congratulate you. You're actually my first guest that I've ever had. No
1: way. Yeah. Yes. You're the first. You're the first. Yeah, five. Uh, five. <laughs> so, um, awesome.
0: I, I mean, it'd be great to have you back in a couple of years and see where you're progressing to. And uh, hopefully you'll be in England and it won't be possible. Maybe yeah, get yeah, you on yeah. Skype or something like that.
1: Well, you know what? Like, I wouldn't mind just flying back here, grabbing a cocktail. And then after that, we'll uh, just... Come back here and uh, talk about the process. Hey,
0: <laughs> you know what? Next time we do, we need to get a cocktail. Take me to one of your favorite places, and oh,
1: uh... Uh, you know what? The thing is, I was I was thinking for next time, if even if it's just in a few months, that would be pretty cool to just talk about cocktails. I, I like just I'll bring my stuff here and we'll just make some cocktails and talk about it.
0: That'd be amazing. Yeah, I like that. Okay, Mark, thank you so much, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, man. You too.